Last year, Kenya received minimal rains, resulting in low crop yields. But as farmers wrap their hands together in anticipation for the fertilizer boost, the forecast for the October-December 2022 short rains remains gloomy. The Kenya Meteorological Department predicts depressed and poorly distributed short rains. This means that the situation could get worse for the nearly 4 million people who desperately need food assistance. NTV's Rose Wangoi. By May now this reports. year, households in agricultural areas had depleted their stocks. The long rains expected in March came in April, and those who had land planted. Those who had no land wished they had. Among those who held that longing were the Ogiek women and men. Their case is, however, unique. They were evicted from their ancestral lands in Mount Forest and have not yet been resettled. Is there still hope? Or has the fight to reclaim their ancestral land been lost? Welcome to Mount Forest Complex. Home to women and men who face the risk of arrest in the midst of a struggle to avoid hunger. My name is Mora Oberia and this is Nature Reports Podcast. So you mean that? According to United Nations Environment Programme, before 2001, Mao Forest covered 420,851 hectares. Ogiek traditionally lived as hunters and gatherers residing in the Mao, the forest complex in the Rift Valley part of Kenya. They originally lived in 12 blocks across the Nakuru and Arrow counties, but the frequent evictions have pushed its people to Nandi, Wasengishu, Kericho, Baringo, and Bungoma County, particularly in Mount Elgon. Joseph Towet, an author who has written books about the Ogik's history and the land rights struggles, says the community had the freedom to gather wild fruits and hunt their preferred animals until 1976 when the Wildlife Conservation and Management Act, Chapter 376, was introduced. The law criminalized any hunting of game animals without a license. The restriction came 35 years after the Forest Ordinance of 1941, which paved the way for the gazettement of Mao Forest as a forest area to be protected, exposing the Ogek to eviction, explains Towet. In the mix of landlessness and unforgiving harsh impacts of climate change, how are the Ogek copy? I seek to find out. I am at Marishoni, one of the forest blocks in Nakuru County. Here, I'm meeting Teresa Chemtai, a woman who has a physical disability. Her left leg was paralyzed after her father beat her in a way that showed her no mercy. She was not born here. The 1987 eviction by the government pushed her to this place. She lives in a tiny, cold earthen floor room constructed from timber. 
When we lived in the forest, it used to be cold, but we never felt it. The smell of herbs in the thickets kept us warm, and we used to drink a lot of honey. That was what kept us warm. Life was good. There was nothing to worry about. We didn't even have clothes. We had hides and skins that only covered the essential parts of the body. Children and parents lived in separate houses built from sticks and grass. The doors faced the opposite direction to avoid bumping into your parents. The young respected the old. You'd run if you saw someone the age of your father or mother. Then, in the late 1970s, things started to change in the environment. Farms of Irish potatoes and maize propped up in the forest. It became easier to look up to the sky as open patches suddenly appeared in the forest. In 1987, the government evicted us from the forest for encroaching and destroying it. Some of my family members escaped to Marioshoni, others Sasimwani in Aro County, and Koibatek in Baringo County. As the evictions were happening, then-President Daniel Arap Moy's administration was looking for persons with disabilities to rehabilitate at a center in Cabernet, Baringo County. I was enlisted and trained in tailoring for two years. I'm now using the skills. In January this year, I opened a salon and tailoring shop with the money I earned from treating women with fertility issues with herbal medicine. Each month, I have to pay 2,000 shillings to continue using the shop. I also use the income to pay rent for the room I live in. I pay 2,500 shillings every month. Mm -hmm. In 1977, the Ogek suffered another eviction. This time, the community sought the intervention of then-President Daniel Arab Moi. He assured them of protection. This never lasted. In 2001, his government took 70,000 hectares out of Mao Forest land to resettle the Ogek. But instead, non-Ogeks benefited as a 2008 Mao Conservation Task Force formed under the then Prime Minister's office established almost two decades later. The task force recommended repossession and restoration of all biodiversity hotspots. The government acted on it. Soon, rangers removed the Ogek from areas in the forest considered biodiversity hotspots. Sisi kama jamii ya Ogie, si tulikuwa tunaishi tangu zamani, tangu nisaliwa nilisaliwa nikajipata tu niko hapa. This is Sarah Osasi from Doswa, located some 13 kilometers east of Teresa's temporary home. Four times she has been a victim of evictions. A fifth one is likely to happen soon. Kwa majina ni Sarah Chelangat Osasi. Niko na miaka 50, I was born and married in Marishuni, but after the evictions, we moved to Olpusimuru in Naro County. Then in 1992, we shifted to Ngongongeri in Nakuru County, but after former President Moi allowed them to occupy the land. We had 40 acres where they grew maize, Irish potatoes, and beans. We had enough to feed our nine children and extra to sell to send our children to school. But in 2016, some goons were hired by influential politicians who wanted our land. 
they forcefully evicted us. We ran away and settled in Doswa along the road. Well, wishers helped us to set up a retail shop, eatery and butchery. The business thrived to a point where the locals named the area Ndoswa Center. Two years later, intercommunity clashes erupted and our investments were all set on fire. That's how we got to shift here. I'm not told the same people who burnt my hotel, shop and butchery want to evict me again. I've reached my end. I don't know what will happen to me or my family should they evict us. I don't know where else to go. It will be the end of us. We've become slaves in our own land. We're forced to do casual work in farms owned by the wealthy for a mega 250 shillings a day. Life becomes tougher during the dry season. You're forced to go to the forest to collect dry firewood to sell. This is risky. The forest strangers can arrest you for lack of a permit to harvest firewood. You have to sneak to the forest with a woven sack like a thief, then sell a bundle for 100 shillings, an income that can't even buy a 2 kilogram packet of maize flour. The evictions have affected her husband's health, Jevan Kimisoi. I have developed high blood pressure because I spend days and nights wondering how I will get to educate my children without land. There are people claiming ownership of this land. Soon, they will evict us. Where will I go? Ngaroni. This is one of the areas in Naro County where the Oge cleave. And just like Teresa, Sarah and Jivan, the evictions have turned the lives of Ogek here upside down. I was born, raised and married in Sogona Rock County. This is one of the areas the Ogek lived for centuries. My mother and father were born here too. When I was young, we used to eat wild meat and fruits. That was our lifestyle. We didn't know anything about farming. Years later, we saw people settle in the forest and start farming. The animals became fewer and so we had to adopt. We also started farming maize and Irish potatoes. In 1970s, Ogiek formed group ranches and my husband joined Sugo Group Ranch in Masai Mao. He was allocated more than 20 acres. He later died. I can't remember the year, but it must be more than 10 years ago. I inherited the land. And continued, I continued to farm. I also had so many cows, goats and sheep. Then in 2019, the government evicted us. I lost everything. All my eight children were dispersed. I love being close to my children. They lived miles away from each other across Sugo and Karoni, Narok County. Some moved to Marishoni, Nakuru County. My five sons had to sell their livestock to buy plots. Now, I have become their frequent visitor, a nomad looking for shelter and food. I've become a beggar, loitering around my children's homes. Today, I'm at one of my sons in Karoni. I have been here since May and I feel like a prisoner. I want a place where I'd go to farm or milk cows. Here, there is nothing. I'm very bored. Nelson Kabe is the chief, the state administrator whose jurisdiction covers Garoni, explains how everything suddenly changed. So, Yamia Gekokati Sasa. 
group ranges ilikuja kuvuniwa in 1973, the Ogiek formed three branches, Sogo, Enkaroni, and Enakishomi. In 1998, the group branches were dissolved to pave way for individual titling. In 2005, the government sent surveyors to establish the forest boundaries. The boundaries split our lands. Some were found to be in the forest like mine in Sogo Ranch, and others outside the boundaries. Later, in 2019, the government evicted more than 500 people who had settled in areas beyond the boundaries. One of those evicted was Anna Sulunye. She is a widow. I never faced difficulties in raising my children after the death of my husband. I sold the maize, beans, and Irish potatoes harvest from my 60 acres. I also had more than 50 cows. Now, it's a nightmare they stuck with me. I sold my cows to pay their fees. I have only one remaining. He left me with four children. But I later added five more. In total, I have five girls and four sons. Do my sons have a future? What will they inherit? No land, no education. The girls can get married and have their own homes. But what about my sons? This story was written and narrated by Mora Obiria. The voiceovers were done by Jacqueline Masharia, Esther Nyandoro, Grace Masharia, Doreen Wabere, and Kevin Maina. This podcast was produced by Kevin Maina. Special credit goes to James Smart, Managing Editor Newsroom Production, and Orcos Moga Odumbe, Gender and Education Editor.